0: Welcome to the Steady Hand Podcast. I'm Scott Ronalds, joined as usual today with Tom Bradley. In today's session, we're going to discuss Warren Buffett's 2008 letter to the shareholders of Berkshire Hathaway. Now, Tom, along with your series of blog postings last week and your recent Globe and Mail article, you've written on and referenced Warren Buffett a number of times in the past. What exactly draws you to Warren? Well, Scott,
1: let me first say that I I know I'm not unique. There's millions and millions of investors that follow his every move, and uh, and I think they're drawn to him for the same reason that I am. First of all, he's a winner, and we all love winners. But he's got some great insights. Uh, I've only been to his annual meeting once in Omaha, but I was wrapped for, for I guess, four or five hours, and uh, I never thought I would be. I was more going for the spectacle. But but I, I just found there was great insights on all aspects of business uh, and sometimes beyond. He's also a great communicator, and uh, I think we all at times need to get the message delivered in different ways or in ways that were very understandable, and I think he does that. So, so those are certainly things that draw me, but maybe more than anything is just the common sense of what he says, how he works, how he invests, and obviously how he writes his letter. We have titled our blog Cutting Through the Noise, as you know, and uh, I think he cuts through the noise every time he opens his mouth or puts his pen to paper. I will also say that he's influenced our model. and uh, uh, and our managers, how they manage money. I won't say we're sort of uh, Buffett clones by any means, but the fact that we're very absolute return-oriented, we don't worry about or talk about the benchmark in the short term, that we run very concentrated portfolios with uh, with not too many securities, clearly a a hallmark of Warren and his his, uh, buddy Charlie Munger, and very much focused on the long term. So uh, that's, that's part of what draws me to them. And I, and I just want to say that uh, we have a couple of books on our site on, on our recommended reading that are, are Buffett books. Uh, I highly recommend both of them. One's called The Essays of Warren Buffett, Lessons for Corporate America, it's actually, uh, the author is, is Warren Buffett, but uh, the editor, Lawrence Cunningham, this is back in 01 has pulled all kinds of different snippets from the, the various letters that he's done over the years and categorized them and, and ordered them. And so if you haven't been a regular reader, it's a great way to catch up. The other one is a biography by Roger Lowenstein. I haven't l- read his latest one, Snowball, but, but this biography uh, I think is an excellent one. So, so um, I just like Warren because he's, uh, he's a respite from the short-term news and the frantic uh, nature of,
0: of our media uh, that we see every day. Now how would you characterize Buffett's tone in his letter and his thoughts on the current investment climate?
1: Well, he's been hit like everyone else, and I've had a few people tell me uh, since they saw my blogs, well, you know, uh, Berkshire's down more than half from its peak, and, and I know that, but uh, we've got to remember that Mr. Market is doing that, not Mr. Buffett, and um, he's he's had in his portfolio all kinds of stocks that have gone down just like everybody else, but I think having said that, that uh, his tone is, is optimistic, he talks about the, the crisis we're going through in the front page of the front end of the letter, and uh, he really does believe that the resourcefulness of the U.S. economy and the citizens will, will pull us out the other side. I happen to agree with that. In fact, having that view has probably caused me to be a little too early in encouraging our clients to rebalance back to equities. But, but I, I do think we'll come out of this, as does he, and clearly the optimism extends to his opportunities in investing. Uh, we may talk about this later in the podcast, but, uh, but he uh, sees way more opportunities today than he's seen in many, many years.
0: Buffett admitted that he made some mistakes in 2008, notably buying a large amount of ConocoPhillips stock when oil prices were near their peak, and also buying two Irish banks that appeared cheap to him at the time. Now, our managers made some mistakes last year as well. If you could, in general, how would you characterize where some of those mistakes were made? Well, I guess we'd all like to make mistakes like Warren Buffett, but um, indeed our
1: managers didn't make the mistake like that Phillips purchase, which was done at the oil peak. Um, I, I don't think any of our equity funds uh, or our income funds sort of chased commodities or anything like that uh, as they got frothy. But, but uh, the two Irish banks you mentioned, certainly uh, I think that very much characterizes what's hit our funds, maybe particularly our global fund where... Uh, we have a very long-term orientation. Edinburgh Partners is always trying to look four and five years out, and uh, they, along with myself, uh, were probably a little guilty of missing the the severity and the depth of the valley in between now and four and five years from now. So, and I think that's probably what happened. I don't know the particular securities that Buffett had trouble with, but I think that very much is a is a, a problem with or has been a problem with the portfolios, and I should say all the other equity managers as well. This has been worse. It's gone on longer and has taken companies that looked pretty well financed six months ago, 12 months ago, uh, in some cases right to the brink, and I don't think any of us saw that coming. I should say that that our managers are very much behaving like Warren in the sense that they have moved from defense to offense. That's a phrase that our global manager, uh, Christine Montgomery, uses, but uh, I think all of our managers have have really got their buying hats on now. They're doing it at different paces. They're looking for different things, each of them. But they're very much like Warren. They see the values being very attractive, the sentiment being very negative, distressed sales coming at them from time to time where they can take advantage of. And and that's all of the same of the hallmarks of what uh, Berkshire Hathaway's done over these years.
0: And are there any areas in particular where you see fund managers and investors making mistakes going forward? I don't know if I could, I'd call it a mistake, but I, I
1: we've written about this. Uh, people that follow us closely probably would be sick of it, but I do think there's a risk that uh, too many investors are going to miss the other side of this valley, and uh, we are going to come out of this. Uh, I thought it, I thought it would be over by now, but we may have more lows to hit, I'm not sure. But there is, uh, with the doom and gloom, with the pessimism, with the amount of money on, on the sidelines, and uh, you and I, Scott, have talked about how much money, money is in money market funds today, I think there is a huge risk, or maybe it's a mistake, that uh, people are going to go up the other side of the valley with a lot less equities than they came down with. And that's something that uh, has driven us to write and blog and post as much as we have uh, about that topic. Uh, so far, that hasn't been a mistake. I would, I'll admit that. Uh, only hindsight will tell whether that's the case or
0: not. Now, in one of your blog postings last week, you highlighted a few paragraphs from Buffett's annual report, which suggests that the investment world has gone from underpricing risk to overpricing it. Can you maybe expand on this a little bit?
1: Well, Scott, I have to admit I was glad to see that because uh, we've been talking a lot about that. I feel very strongly that uh, the uh, risk reward has totally flipped over in the last uh, few months. Uh, clearly, we didn't see it as being as bad as it was, but we did through 06 and 07. Uh, uh, we were cautious, and uh, fortunately, we just didn't see the severity. But having said that, and looking in hindsight, we have totally flipped over to where we think the rewards far outweigh the risks, and uh, that's what Warren is saying in his letter and at various stages. The flip side of that, though, is, is is very interesting, and it's something we've just started to talk about in the last few weeks, is the not only is risk underpriced but safety particularly government bonds and t bills is overpriced and he goes to the point of saying that maybe along with the tech bubble and the real estate bubble us treasury bonds will go down in history when we look back years from now as being one of those bubbles that we'll remember from this decade and uh, i thought that was a pretty remarkable statement so his view, uh, or I guess I have to say, our view is very much in line with his that risk is now being pretty reasonably priced, and uh, there's
0: opportunities to to uh, to go after it. Tom, your call on the weekend focused on Buffett's calm tone and the language he used in his letter, as you spoke about it at the outset of this podcast. Is there anything that you'd add to it that you can squeeze into 800 or so words, Scott? I think you touched on it. Um, what
1: really impresses me about the letter and, and why I encourage people to, if not reading the letter, at least read our blogs, is that calmness to it. And uh, in this environment where the headlines are ugly and there's, uh, and frantic uh, and sometimes hysterical, um, I think it's a great piece to kind of uh, get some perspective on where we are he says uh, he has many great quotes in this in his piece, as he always does. But he says when we're talking, whether we're talking about socks or stocks, I like buying quality merchandise when it's marked down. And he clearly sees opportunities now that he didn't see a couple of years ago. I was down in, in Omaha and saw the annual meeting. Uh, back in 05, and he got more bearish after that. But he was already struggling to manage to to invest the cash that they had sitting on the sidelines. And uh, that's quite the opposite now. He's quite excited about what he's got in front of him. So I think that calmness, that tone, that reminder that uh, you know, good good old long term steady investing is going to win at the end of the day is still the most the biggest influence it had on me over this last week.
0: Well, thanks for that, Tom. I think we'll leave it there. We've had our share of uh, Buffett for the quarter, but we hope that our listeners gain some valuable insights into Buffett's style of investing and, and what we take from that. And we encourage you to tune in to future Steady Ham podcasts. Thanks for listening.